My name is Matt Schantz, uh, and I'm just delighted to be with you here. I represent New Churches of Christ Evangelism. What I'd like to do today is to uh, talk about the work of new, planting new churches, the why behind it, and also thank you for your participation and support, as well as talk about uh, where we're headed in the future, some challenges. Uh, I try to present uh, a very honest and a forthright approach to where we are uh, as, a, as, a, as an organization, but also as a movement in Michigan, some concerns I have, and uh, also some, some, some ways we're going to try to overcome those in the future. So um, I hope that you can uh, uh, just uh, feel free to ask questions if we have time at the end. I think that we'll have a little bit of time to do that, and I'm certainly open to those, so if you want to write those down along the way, that would be great. Um, but really appreciate your uh, opportunity to share this with you. I have a, uh, a cemetery that's right near uh, our house, and uh, in the summertime, I'm not very good in the wintertime, but in the summertime, I walk my dog, and often will end up in this cemetery walking around. I think it's a good uh, practice to only make, when you have a major decision to make, to make it in the cemetery. I don't know why, but it's just, uh, it helps you reflect on your temporary, uh, the temporal nature of life and how decisions matter there. Uh, and I sometimes I, I walk around and I, I kind of ask that $64,000 question is, what will I be remembered for in my life? What will I have accomplished? When I am done here with my uh, 70, 80 years, if I get that many, uh, what will be the, the sum total of my accomplishments in my life? What will I have to show for? Will I just have a house with a picket fence, a closet full of outdated clothes, uh, a small portfolio to pass on to my children? Will that be the kind of the extent of it? Um, and, I, and I start to kind of do a little bit of a, a cost-benefit analysis. 1 Corinthians 3.13 reminds me that my work will be shown for what it is, for on that day it will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and fire will test the quality of each person's work. And so it's a sobering kind of exercise in a cemetery to remember. I'm, I'm short-term. And I think if we looked at what the world would say is important, there's a word that the world uses to describe a lot of things. Uh, our careers, our finances, uh, uh, our, our, the pleasure parts of our life. The word, the word that the world would use would be described, the word, it would be a simple word, it's the word more. More. How much money is enough? More. How much pleasure is enough? More. Uh, how many vacations are enough? More. And the world would just say there's not enough, and so we leave with this sense of incompleteness. In fact, today you'll watch the Super Bowl, and uh, you should pay attention to the ads because they're trying to provoke in you this sense of how much is enough more. Uh, and I need more of this and more of that. And they're trying to cause discontent for you to go out and purchase. Um, but First Peter chapter 4 says, uh, As a result, don't live for the earthly desires, the evil desires, but rather for the will of God. For haven't you spent enough time chasing those things? And, and so the Bible gives us a different word. It's the word enough. It's this word enough. And we can... Say, you know, I don't need to pursue more. I have enough in Christ. I'm complete in Christ. And I think it's important for, as a church, as we kind of evaluate things collectively, to say, what would be the end deal, the end goal for Oakland Drive Church of Christ? You know, you know fancy seats, more, more different carpeting, an upgraded sound system, uh, another few line items on a budget. What, what would be the, the end deal? For Oakland Drive Church, you know, it, it, it shouldn't be about stuff and accumulation and, and all the things that, that seem to matter to this earth. It's really the end game is about people, right? It's about people that matter to God. And there are people who are far from God that live within your perimeter here that, that don't know Jesus. And 
from cover to cover, the goal of our God is to pursue people. He loves each one of us. He chases after us. Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. And that was all of us at one point in time. And uh, I remember, uh, just my good friend Jason is here, and I, I remember the day when uh, I sat in the car in my high school uh, in, his park, in, his, in his driveway next to him, and I said, man, I don't, we've been friends a long time, and I haven't really ever told you about my faith in Christ. And I was nervous, and I was cold, and I didn't know what he would say, and I remember sharing the gospel with him there in the car, and he kind of looked at me and said, okay, thank you. And he got up and left. <laughs> Went in the house, and I thought, well, that didn't go well, but... Um, over the course of time and many conversations, I remember getting a call from him a few years later, and he was in the military and uh, wanted to, uh, he was attending West Kalamazoo Christian Church, a church that you helped to plant years ago. So NCC, you helped plant Oak and Drive. Oak and Drive helped plant Comstock. Comstock and Oak and Drive together helped plant West Kalamazoo Christian Church. Jason, who's here today, was attending there, uh, began to hear a fuller version of the gospel than what I could provide at the time. Uh, and wanted to give his life to the Lord, baptize in Christ, baptize his, his, his wife as well. And uh, now they have a beautiful Christian family here in the Kalamazoo area. Do you see how people matter to God? And how little decisions to walk by faith to say, let's do something different. Let's, let's look beyond our walls and say, who could we reach that we're not reaching today? And one of the most effective ways to reach people is the planting of new churches. We'll talk about that a little more, more at the end. But... Um, Older churches are wonderful. We need to continue to revitalize and develop older churches to, to bring revival in older churches. But uh, statistically, older churches tend to attract people who are churched. They tend to want to come to, to churches that are existing, and they, they, you see a lot of transfer that happens. Uh, for some reason, newer churches tend to attract people who are uh, not churched already. They're looking for a place to connect. It's a new place. They feel like they could fit in there. And so new churches are essential if we're going to reach people who are far from God. Uh, we just uh, had a chance to uh, be part of launching a new church uh, at a place called South Point Huron. Um, we were a contributor to that. We're a partner in this launch. Uh, and it's a church just south of the airport, Detroit Metro Airport. And uh, this is uh, Rich and Stacy Collins, um, who are the, the site leaders there, uh, lead ministers in that area. And Rich is an interesting guy. Um, this church just launched November 15th, right? Uh, and it's a multi-site church, but it's, an, it's a one that's, that's in this, a new community of faith in this area. But Rich is the lead guy there. And Rich is uh, and not a trained minister, didn't, didn't, didn't come that route. He's actually a karate instructor. He's a black belt. Um, real interesting guy. I, wanna, I want you to hear this, this background. I, I cut an article, or I printed an article out if I can find it. Uh, from the paper when the church launched. And it says, if Ethan Hunt was going to be a church planter, this would be Rich Collins, okay? Um, you know who Ethan Hunt is, by the way? Mission Impossible? Does that ring a bell? Okay. He, he's a U.S. Marine. He's a high-risk security operations certified officer. He's a commercial jet pilot, a motocross champion, a race car driver, and, and uh, has started about 50 karate schools around the, uh, the U.S. And so, I mean, this guy is like... My man card's looking pretty shallow compared to this guy. He's like everything I ever wanted to be in life and never did it. So he, he's, he's a pretty interesting guy. I went and met him before he launched, and we decided as our board to partner with him. And so 
so resources that you sent and other churches sent are coming to NCCE, and then we, as a board, make decisions about how we're going to partner with new, new church launches. And so we met with Rich, met with his team, and uh, we're able to support financially this launch. And, and it's already just been going since November, so we're talking about, what, three months? And uh, already I was talking to Rich the other day, he says there's, a, there's just a, a firefighter who came who was looking for a place to get connected, hadn't been to church before, has kind of, kind of bitter about church when he was younger, came and, and has already got connected. He's involved in the serving team, uh, and they're starting to disciple this guy in the Lord. Now, this was just a, new, a guy not involved in any church at all. So it started in November. He's connected there. A single mom, she came uh, with a couple of her children. Again, had sort of a bad experience with church a while back, and now she's fitting in, connecting, involved in the children's ministry, and they're ministering to her. Uh, this is just a brand new deal since a, a few months ago. And so a new church started south of the airport. You were a part of that because you've supported NCCE. We get to all work together uh, to partner to plant churches. Uh, this church is rolling, and you didn't even know about the fruit you've been able to bear uh, already. And so if, I'd encourage you to some day, maybe take a road trip. Say, you know, let's go over and see this, this church that we had a part in planning. Uh, and, and jump in and go to this uh, church, South Point Huron south of the airport. Maybe you're flying out the next day. You want to go see it. Just go do it and see what God's doing over there uh, through Rich and Stacy Collins. It's a great work. And so uh, that's, that's occurring uh, right now, even today. So um, what do we exist for? We, are, um, uh, we want to see more churches of Christ, Christian churches in the Great Lakes region, helping more people find and follow Jesus. That's, that's why we exist as an organization. Been around for about 50 years. Uh, and it uh, used to be that they would, uh, Vir- uh, Virgil Felton would kind of come in and build the church building, and, and people would, you know, if you build it, they will come strategy, and that was what they did for many, many years. Uh, and then uh, other directors, Ron Scott, uh, Steve Larson, and I'm, I'm I guess I'm the fourth in the chain of that. Um, uh, we are really in a position today as a ministry where we're more into partnerships, where we want to partner with other organizations, other churches, uh, to help catalyze church launches. Uh, and so uh, we, we really are not able to do it on our own to say, hey, we're going to plant this church all by ourselves and build this building and do that. Just, just not the way it is today. So we have to partner with other organizations, other churches. Uh, so let's say if, if in Kalamazoo, Oakland Drive, Comstock, and Westcase says, hey, let's plant another church. They would get together. We would come in and help in that process. We would help find a church planter. We would help vet that church planter, get that church planter training, come up with a timeline for how to launch the church. We'd all partner together uh, financially and in marketing and other ways to create a, another church launch in this region. And so um, we're working right now on that same strategy uh, in a couple areas. One is in the Saginaw area. Uh, just to give you an update on that, I'm meeting with a guy named Aaron Shuey there. Uh, Aaron is a, has a team of people that we're, we're praying monthly now uh, and gathering together to begin to talk about the launch of a, of a church. Uh, and so I'll be meeting with Aaron next weekend when I'm up uh, in Saginaw. But be praying for Aaron Shuey and his, his group of folks that we try to relaunch a church in the Saginaw area. The church in Saginaw that was there closed. Uh, and so that's unfortunate because right now, currently, we've been closing more churches in Michigan than we've been launching. Uh, and uh, from our particular vein of churches, Churches of Christ, Christian churches. And so we've got to intercept that entropy quickly and begin to start launching more churches. So we have a goal to, to launch uh, eight churches in eight years uh, is a goal we just put out there. We're counting South Point uh, as our first uh, one of those to be participate in. And so we're looking at one to do in 2016. Hopefully that will be the Saginaw will be our next 
location to try to launch there. Um, it's a challenging area, as you might imagine, the east side, Saginaw, Flint, there's, there's a lot of difficulties. Um, one of the churches that we helped to launch in Flint um, a few years ago is struggling right now. And I just was talking to the minister there, Gary Check. Gary just needs a lot of prayer. He needs encouragement. Flint's a really tough area right now. Uh, but that's on that east side as well. So be praying for Gary. Uh, he's trying to kind of get things going. Then. Just a faithful man working hard there at the church uh, called Grace Church in Flint. Um, again, that's another church that you had a part in, and so be praying for those guys. Um, but we want to do three things. As a mission, we want to catalyze, so a church planting movement, uh, mobilize local churches to support and encourage this work, and multiply the kingdom impact by equipping healthy churches to reproduce. So how do we help a healthy church say, hey, we need to give birth to a daughter church? How do we, how do we go into healthy things reproduce, right? And so if we're making disciples, things are going to grow. Disciples are making disciples and then things will want to, to be expanding. One of, the, one of the things that we're trying to, to do um, that I want you to be praying about, uh, I don't have a slide for this, so I have a few of these afterwards. I'm talking to Jordan about this in particular. Uh, I'm kind of calling a timeout for us as a movement, our churches in Michigan. Uh, we're part of a movement called the Christian Churches, Churches of Christ. It's from the Restoration Movement, if this is new to you. Uh, it was a movement that began in the 1800s to try to unify the faith and not have all these various denominations and divisions. And there were some simple slogans like, we're just going to teach this, the scriptures, just teach from the Bible, not use all kinds of other doctrinal creeds and other things. Um, we're going to let the Bible speak where the Bible speaks and be silent where the Bible is silent. Uh, we're going to be committed to the unity of the body of Christ. Um, uh, part of the, the practice of the Lord's Supper weekly in, in services. Uh, baptism is typically taught as part of the salvation process and not external to that. And so there's some characteristics that are unique to our movement. Uh, but in many ways, as I observe the state of Michigan in particular, uh, I think that our movement has lost some steam. Uh, it has lost some energy. And so I've been praying and, and just seeking the Lord on this with some friends and I'm calling a, a bit of a timeout, like a coach would call a timeout, and say, let's just look at each other in the eye, uh, the ministers in the state of Michigan, and let's say, are, are we where we want to be? I want to ask three questions. Where are we as a movement? Uh, where, are, where do we want to go? And how are we going to get there? So where are we as a movement around the state? Where do we want to go? And how do we want to get there? So I've kind of called a meeting of all the ministers in the state to bring them and one other colleague with them or a key leader in their congregation and uh, we're going to get together, and it's not going to be a, a pie fellowship, or we're not going to, you know, pat each other in the back and, and, and say howdy-doody. We're going to actually, like, look each other in the eye and say, how are we doing? Um, really. And our, our, is there momentum behind this movement? How do we create momentum? How do we seek the Lord in this? How do we pray? How do we begin to strategize a way to grow? And then how do we move forward? And I'm I'm hoping, I don't have all the answers to those questions. I have a, have a few ideas of where we want to do, go. I've invited a, a couple guest speakers. One of them I just want to make you aware of. We're, again, we're a partnering organization. So one of the organizations we're going to invite to this gathering on March 29th at Great Lakes Christian College is um, uh, a guy who wrote a book called uh, Dirt Matters. And it's about culture. It's about church culture. And he started a, a group called the 95 Network. He, he, he figured out that uh, 95% of the churches are under uh, 800 people, okay? So most of the churches are smaller. And yet when you go to conferences for ministers, most of the conferences are for churches that are 1,000 or 2,000 or 3,000 people. 
And so he says, I want to be a, a network that is geared towards smaller churches to help smaller churches reformulate uh, and grow. And uh, in fact, a good friend of ours, Jordan Conrad, contracted with these guys and worked with them in a consulting relationship and has, has seen some good fruit from this endeavor. So um, this author will be there. He's going to share about how do we reinvigorate our existing churches, right? Because we want to do both, right? We want to we want to build up existing churches and make them healthy and growing and, and produce. Uh, but then our mission is also then how do we reproduce and grow new churches? And so I'm bringing a guy in there from a, a group called Passion for Planting, Dale Spalding, and uh, Dale is uh, going to talk about a, a residency program that he has. Uh, and I want you to catch this. If you've tuned out, come back to me a little bit. A residency program is where uh, it's an online residency where we take people in the church who are not trained professionally as ministers or pastors, and they are then uh, go through this online residency to learn all the processes of how to start a church. And it's, Dale is an engineer for Boeing, so he's very detailed, very organized, has a, has a good approach to this. And it's a cohort model, so you work with guys from all around this, the country. And so maybe you're sitting here today and you're an engineer, you're a karate instructor, uh, you're a business owner, entrepreneur, you have a, a, an idea, you want to launch something new, uh, wouldn't it be great if, if you in, in a, whole, a year's time could be trained how to actually launch a church, how to launch another church, and this church could even give birth to a satellite church or a sister church or a multi-site church. And so maybe there's someone in this congregation who we could raise up. You thought, I never thought I could be a church planter, but with the right training, instruction and help, you could be. So that, that guy's going to be at this gathering March 29th as well, and we're going to talk about how do we revitalize our churches, how do we plant new churches, and uh, I'm really excited about it. I'm, you know, it's always a scary thing when you make a big announcement. We're going to all the churches, all the ministers in the state of Michigan, we're calling everybody in, and you know, two guys show up, it'll be fun, but I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping we can get uh, a good group of guys to come uh, a couple days after Easter and just, just have an honest conversation and prayer, and I think that's that's where it starts. If you're, if you're going to plan a route, and a GPS route, right, you've got to know the, the coordinates of where you're headed, but you also have to know the coordinates of where you are. And so we want to figure out where we are and then where we're going and, and build a strategy for how to get there. So that's part of our role at NCC is be a catalyst for, for change uh, in the state. And so be praying about that if you would. Um, I want to just share, uh, since this is Sunday school, um, um, a little bit of a, well, let me cover this first, and I'll give you a little bit of a, a scripture text that I want to talk about for a couple of minutes. Um, our, kind of our values, if we will, uh, just a few of them, trust, we really want to depend on God as a ministry, so we've been trying to encourage a prayer movement, uh, we've, we've been uh, encouraging people to play, pray a prayer of, of encouragement for their neighbors, to say, how could we bring our neighbors to the Lord, and uh, again, it's about evangelism, it's about people, uh, obey, we want to do uh, what God says. Uh, to have the courage to respond. And so maybe, again, if you're uh, I've been praying and seeking the Lord for a step of faith, you know, maybe being a part of a, a church launch or a multi-site would be something you'd be interested in. Uh, serve. Uh, our, our ministry is to serve the church, serve the church leaders in any way we can. And so that's our, our purpose. Together, we work with great partners. So we'll work with other uh, parachurch organizations, other groups of churches to try to help uh, launch and work together to do that. Uh, there are some national churches in our, in our movement, church movements. Going, one's called Stadia. Um, there's a couple of others that are working nationally to plant new churches. We'll partner with anybody we can uh, to accomplish that goal. 
restoration, not only the, the doctrine of the early church, but also kind of the passion and the spirit that the early church brought. Uh, and then a movement. We want to challenge and, and grow uh, a multiplying movement. Um, I mentioned uh, uh, our next launch is likely in the Saginaw area. Um, we're also, uh, there's a retired minister named Dan Johnson. I don't know if you know Dan. Anybody know Dan? He's up at Kalkaska Church of Christ. Dan is retiring, but he, does, he's, he just has a vision that God wants to use him in a, in a bigger way uh, in his retirement. So he wants to be a part of a church launch, a church plant in the Traverse City area, really a growing area in our state. But he says, I don't think I'm the lead guy. I just want to be there to help and help encourage it and get it going. And so Dan and I have been praying and talking regularly and uh, asking the Lord to raise up a church planters um, to go up in the, in the Traverse City area. Uh, another guy in the, in the Grand Rapids area I've been chat, uh, chatting with. I'll not share his name, but we've been praying regularly about a West Michigan launch in the West Michigan region. And so we're having those conversations right now. I'll be praying for that conversation as well. But uh, that's one of our biggest challenges right now is sourcing church planters. Not a lot of people are wanting to move to Michigan. So we're going to have to raise up our own pipeline of planters here. And uh, that's why I'm excited about this March 29th gathering. How do we then create planters from within our own organization? Okay? Um, let's see. I want to look at just Numbers 16 just for, just for a little bit about our place kind of in this opportunity. In Numbers chapter 16, I won't uh, have us read the text today, but it's a very interesting, interesting text um, about the rebellion at Korah, the Korites. Uh, you may have probably read that this morning, right? Okay, no, maybe not. Uh, the Korite rebellion is an interesting one. Korites uh, were of the Levitical tribe, but they were not priests. Uh, in fact, they had a different role. They didn't offer sacrifices. They were actually, they would, they would wrap up the temple instruments or the, the tabernacle instruments, and they would carry those to the next destination. So they're kind of the roadies, if you will, for the uh, Aaronic priesthood. They would carry the temple artifacts. Well, uh, the Korites, uh, Korah didn't, didn't like this idea. He thought, I, we want to be priests as well. We want to actually take part in the sacrifices. We can do that just as well as Aaron can. And so they staged a bit of a rebellion. And this upset God. Uh, and so at one particular time, God opened up the ground and swallowed up the whole family. Just opened it up like, they did the, like a floor to sinkhole and then shut it back down and his whole family was gone. So uh, the next day, the people kind of grumbled against Moses and Aaron. They were upset about this. And I don't know if, if, I, if I saw people get swallowed up, I don't think I'd be doing much grumbling to God. But they did. Uh, and God was angry about this because they were, uh, Moses and Aaron were God's leaders, God's chosen leaders. And they were upset about this. And so they started to grumble and Moses sensed something was going on. And uh, God sent a plague. And this plague was a fast moving plague. And uh, it, it started to kill people. Uh, that quickly, across uh, the room. And the Bible says that Moses sent Aaron into the temple, or into the tabernacle, to get the, the, uh, the incense there, and to bring it back out. Uh, and then Aaron did an interesting thing. He ran into the midst of these dying people. So just, just so make sure you're awake this morning. Why don't you stand up, if you will. Just stand right up where you are. So... You've seen the wave before, right? The wave is like this. You go up. At the Super Bowl, you'll see it today. The wave. Okay, we're going to do a little bit of a reverse wave. Okay, so we're going to start on, we're going to start on this side. And I'd like you guys, this is the plague wave, okay? So you're going to be dying on this side. You go ahead and you'll die slowly. Just, just, just kind of sit down. You're dying. Okay, good. You're moving across. 
You guys are getting the way. Okay, good. You keep going. Good, right here. Okay. Now, Aaron, then, you guys are still alive. Aaron runs out into the middle with his incense, right? This incense that he has. And the Bible says that he stood in the middle. He stood in between the living. You guys are living. Good. Good job. Uh, and the dying. You guys are toast, okay? And, and uh, about 17,000 people died that day. But Aaron ran in the middle of the mess with this incense from the temple, and the plague stopped. Okay? You guys can sit down too. Okay? And I, I want us to think about that in, 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 in terms of uh, what God's called us to do as a mission, what God's called us to do as a church. And that is that I believe God's called us to stand in the middle of the mess, uh, to walk in the middle where people are hurting and dying, and to take God's love in the midst of that. What does Revelation say about um, the incense around the throne of God? What does it refer to? Do you remember? It says it's the prayers of the saints. And so our first step is to say, as we run into the middle of the mess, is to pray for our neighborhoods, pray for our city, uh, pray for our state, and say, God, we, uh, we, we need you to move in a mighty way. There's just no way we're going to get this done in human effort or human endeavor or some organization called NCCE or some church called Oakland Drive. If, if God is not in it, if the Spirit of God is not moving in it, uh, then our efforts are, are vain. They're vain. Uh, if you read John chapter 15, Jesus is very clear. If you don't abide in me, you can do nothing. The Greek word there means nothing. <laughs> That we can't do anything without abiding in the presence of Christ and, and his spirit. And so it starts with prayer, the, the prayer of the saints, the incense that flows um, as saints pray. God honors and it's precious to him. Um, there's risk involved, right? Uh, if we're going to start a new endeavor, there's risk. When Oakland Drive launched Comstock many years ago, I was here and we went to do a start Comstock. There's risk involved. Oh, there's going to be people that will leave. And, they, and there was. Uh, and the church grew rapidly right back in place after the people left. See, when, when, the, when a congregation gets serious about planting and growing and people leave, you know what happens? There's a gap for, for younger leaders, newer leaders to step up, right? Uh, and they can fill the ranks. It's a healthy thing to see churches plant. And so, but there's risk involved. And uh, it's hard to take risk. But, but I think faith is spelled R-A-S-K. I really do. That's how faith is spelled. It's how it's actuated all through the Old Testament, all through the New Testament. It's spelled R-I-S-K. You know, Philip, God says, go to this road. Just walk down this road. Okay, I'll do that, God. Uh, go up by that chariot. Stand near it. Here's him reading Isaiah the prophet. He begins to share Christ with this guy. right from Isaiah the prophet. Leads this, this Ethiopian to Christ. We don't know who the first witness to Ethiopia was, but we, we assume it was probably this guy. <laughs> And he went there and, and, and led many to Christ. And Ethiopia stands today surrounded by Muslim nations as a Christian nation. Largely because Philip just said, okay, I'll do what you want me to do, God. I led this guy to Christ and that nation has been changed in many ways. And so as we take risk, as we walk by faith as a congregation, God is honored and, and gives us an opportunity to grow. Um, there's loss involved. Um, uh, if we don't take action, there'll be people who are lost. They're far from God. And uh, we need to find great clarity around our mission and focus and what God's called us to do. And so our, 
as an organization, we've committed ourselves to, uh, again, planting eight churches in eight years. Uh, and we do that because we think that it's, it's evident that people are far from God and people who are lost from God face an eternity in hell. We just believe that. And so our mission is to get Jesus uh, to those people. We think the best vehicle to do that is a new church uh, uh, or an older church that is seeking a vital relationship with Jesus. But our mission is to really try to prompt and plant these, these new churches. So uh, I'd like to ask you to pray uh, for those endeavors that are happening. Uh, pray for Saginaw, pray for Traverse City, pray for West Michigan. Uh, we uh, uh, pray for this gathering on March 29th. Uh, that we could have a, a heart as ministers in the state to see a, a new change, a new movement uh, happen. And uh, I, I want to ask you to pray in the sense that they're of a big God, a God who can do mighty things. I'm going to share one story, and then uh, I'll have time for questions. I've been um, had opportunity to work in India recently, and uh, I was up in this area called West Bengal, and uh, this is probably not a good story to tell when my mother is here, but I will tell you it anyway. Um, uh, close your ears, Mom. Okay, so uh, I was in West Bengal, and I was walking with these two guys uh, to a village that has a brand new church in it, brand new church. And again, I love new churches, and so to be there and to see this new church, these are brand new believers. They know very little. They know the basic gospel. They know how to form a, a congregation. They, they don't know much, and they, they're meeting in a hut there. And these two guys that I knew said, I want you to come see this. This is a church we started. I want you to come see these people and bless them, encourage them, pray for them. And so I, I said, okay, let's do it. So we we're in West Bengal, and we're walking, and it was a couple hours of walking out into the woods. And I started, as I'm walking, I'm thinking to myself, Bengal, Bengal, where have I heard that name before? Uh, and I said, Bengal, anybody? anybody? Bengal tiger, okay, you, you're, you're catching on, okay. And so I thought, yeah, that's pretty, probably all in a zoo or something. So I said, well, are, are there Bengal tigers in this area? Just kind of joke. Oh, yeah, they're everywhere, they said. <laughs> they're all over the place. And they've, they started to tell me stories because they've gotten quite aggressive at times. They've even learned to swim. And so they'll swim out into the water or to the ocean or stream, and they'll capsize boats and eat fishermen and, and all kinds of crazy things. I said, oh, this is good. Okay. So uh, <laughs> we get out to this little village and uh, have a, just a really nice time with these folks, just encourage them. They're just learning. We did some teaching and instruction. And then it gets to be a little bit kind of towards dusk, early afternoon, and we kind of start to head home. And the villagers encourage us. They say, well, you should stay here. We'd like to have you stay. We have an extra hut you can stay in. And uh, I thought, yeah, Bengal tiger, dust. That's good. We should stay here. Uh, and these guys... These two guys I'm with, they say, oh, you haven't heard. You haven't, you're, you're new to the, you don't know. And so they started to tell them the story about Daniel and the lion's den. And this is a brand new story. These people never heard this story before. And they got to the end with these two guys and said, so, so we're not afraid because we serve a God who can shut the mouth of lions. So we're not afraid. And I thought to myself, I've heard that story. Uh, <laughs> I believe that story it happened, but I'm not sure I'm willing to trust my hide to that story. Um, but these guys believe in a big God, right? And they walk all over West Bengal sharing the news of Christ, starting churches all over the place because they people, believe people far from God matter to God, and God loves them. And uh, we ended up walking back that night, and, and the villagers said, actually, the tigers have moved south. It's the wolves you've got to worry about tonight. So, uh, but they don't come out till later. So we made it back. Uh, I walked one guy in front, one guy in the back, and we got it back just fine. And, and certainly God did protect and provide. But yeah, it, you know, if we launch by faith, if we walk by 
faith and we believe in a big and mighty God, uh, then God can do amazing things. Right here at Oakland Drive, right here in this area in Kalamazoo, this is where I'm from. I love Kalamazoo. I'd love to see a, a, a revival, a major movement of God in this place. But it starts with men and women who say, we believe in a big and mighty God, a God who shuts the mouth of lions, uh, a, a God, if you read Hebrews chapter 11, who, who just does amazing steps of faith, but he does it through men and women who are willing to be obedient to him. And so our biggest prayer right now is we're looking for men and women of courage uh, who want to be about uh, help to plant churches. We have some locations in mind. We have some, some financial resources that we can put to bear uh, in those ways. And uh, we're just praying for God to raise up the right uh, men and women to accomplish that goal. So uh, appreciate your prayers. I'm going to pause right now. It's about quarter till, and I think your service starts in about 15 minutes. Uh, so I would just be happy to take some questions, if you have those. Uh, and uh, while you're thinking about those questions, and you can just raise your hand, I, just, I do want to emphasize again, uh, thank you for your faithful support of our ministry. Uh, I believe God has some great things ahead for us, uh, but that's only accomplished through uh, your faithful support and prayer. And so I'm just really encouraged by uh, that partnership that we have together. So uh, questions, anybody? Let's see, I can always make up things, but, uh, yes? In Michigan? Uh, in Christian churches, Churches of Christ, there's about 125. Um, and many of those are, uh, I, I don't, I, I'm actually working on the statistics of this exactly uh, for our March 29th meeting, but many of those are, are under 50 people. Uh, many more are under 150 people. Um, we have a few uh, larger churches. Uh, one of the ones we were helped to launch is, a, is one in Ann Arbor called 242. We launched that a few years ago. 242 now is on two different campuses, one in Ann Arbor, and they're just, uh, uh, they're just uh, participating in one uh, in the Lansing area right now. And so uh, 242 is running several thousand. So you've got kind of a large church like that. Uh, South Point's another one that's quite large, uh, and there's another one in Trenton that's larger. But we don't have, like, if you go to Indiana, uh, Christian churches, Church of Christ, there's a number of megachurches in Indianapolis alone. Uh, uh, church, a megachurch would be a church over 2,000, typically. Uh, and there's a lot of those. And not to say that a megachurch is where everybody needs to be, not at all. Uh, it's, just, it's just one, uh, I think it's one uh, example of a way God is moving in a mighty way. Certainly, uh, there's discipleship movements that are occurring. There's small group cell churches that are growing other ways to, to, to grow churches. But um, in general, I don't see the momentum in Michigan that we'd like to see uh, in terms of healthy, growing, robust churches that are reaching out. And, uh, and that's, a, that's just something we've got to work on. We've got to get after. So... Um, Michigan churches tend to be fairly rural in our focus. Uh, early part of our, our organization started mostly rural churches, so churches in smaller communities and small towns as opposed to the churches that are in the more metropolitan areas. Uh, but, but even small churches in, in rural areas can have a big impact. For instance, my, my friend Darren Penwell is at a church in Bailey, Michigan. Anybody know where Bailey is? Uh, Darren's on our board, and Bailey is uh, north of Grand Rapids, north and east of, north and west of Grand Rapids. And they have a church of about 500 people that attend there. And this is in a small, small, small town of maybe a few hundred people. I don't know how, how big Bailey is. Uh, not many, maybe 1,000, 
maybe 1,500 people. And so uh, fairly small town, but people drive in. So uh, small towns can have big impact as well. Okay, long answer to a short question. Other, other questions that you have? Yes. That's a great question. So someone who's, no, it's, 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 really, it's, it's really actually a lot of great tools out there now to do this. So, so let's, let's, let's put it in a different setting for a second. Let's say, let's say you wanted to be a, I, I want to start a, a Subway restaurant, right? You're an entrepreneur, I want to launch a Subway, okay? So you go and you talk to, to the people at Subway, you get a franchise, you buy a franchise, they give you all the tools to set it up, they tell you where to get the financing, how to, where to build the store, how to market, all the things that happen. So there's a business side to church planting as well, right? So there's this calling side of God calling me to plant a church, but then there's this business side of how do we launch a new organization? And that's where um, I partner, our, our organization partners with a bunch of different other folks to help with that. We have an assessment group I take guys through an assessment process. There's an online version initially, but then there's a two-day assessment where you go and say, do you have kind of the what it takes to be a church planter? You know, are you entrepreneurial? Do you have, um, uh, the, the, is your spouse supportive? That's important in planting a church. Uh, do you have a community of faith around you that's supportive in that endeavor? Do you have organizational skills? Some of those other tools they use to evaluate someone. Once a, a positive evaluation occurs, um, and the reason, that, the reason we do an evaluation is because a lot of, sometimes people are like, yeah, I want to plant a church, but they have no gifts and abilities to do that. And so this, this kind of helps us not put good money into something that may not be the right fit for that person. But once you find someone who has kind of the right fit and skills, and then there's a training process that goes on. So, uh, in fact, Dale Spaulding is the one I'm working with to develop that training process. And he's a, he was a Boeing engineer, and he's got, a, he's got a process of, I think it's 830 steps to start a church. So you just plug in a date into his program. You say, we're going to launch this church in fall of 16. And, and it backs everything up so you know what to do every day until the fall of 16 to launch this church. How to find a location. Where do I go? How do, what's the paperwork I need to file? How do I get this all done? And it takes you through the process for how to get this going. And then we have a number of other resources. We support that with some books and readings and, and uh, mentoring and other things. But then this person then begins to get their financial support together. So that would, some would come through NCCE, some might come through individual support raising, some might come through some key congregations in the area. Like say you want to plant in uh, Matawan, for instance. You'd say, okay, one of the ways I need to help is, is to get these other churches on board uh, to plant a church in Matawan, okay? And so, you know, Oakland Drive, West K, Comstock might say, okay, we want to be a part of that too. Uh, maybe Bang or others that would say, hey, let's get involved in this. Uh, and then uh, we might also look to other larger churches. So 242 is eager to help plant churches around Michigan. So we might talk to those key leaders. Again, bring resources together. Uh, you want to have about three years of resources in place so that you can have the time to get your church self-sustaining, right? Because it takes a little bit to build a crowd and, and, a, and a community and then a congregation who's actually giving, supporting. Uh, and so once those, those things come together, then you plan your launch date buy the resources you need to have in terms of sound equipment or wherever you're launching, uh, marketing material, other things that have to happen, and then a launch occurs. And so um, that's the mechanics of it. Again, I want to just go back and say, again, we got to seek the Lord, build prayer groups, build uh, affinity groups, get other people praying and say, how, Lord, how do we do this? How do we make this happen? Um, 
And I, I really believe the next wave of church planting is going to come through non-traditionally trained entrepreneurs, uh, marketplace people who have a heart to see churches launched, who are entrepreneurial in their thinking, uh, and we're going to have to train them in different ways. We're going to have to train them a little more uh, through mentoring, through fast-paced training methods, other ways to get things launched. And uh, uh, if, if we want to be aggressive in our goals, that's where we're going to have to find some of those people, I think. So, does that help? Okay. And if that's you, there's, a, there's actually a, a pamphlet in the black of, uh, you could be a church planner, and you could grab that and we'll talk further. But if that's, that's somebody in this room that would have interest in talking about that, that would be exciting to see. So, Okay. Stand till I'm going to pray uh, and uh, uh, just ask the Lord to be with us here as we go into our worship time together. So let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for this church, uh, for the opportunity that we've had today to talk about your heart uh, for the church, for your heart for lost people. Uh, Father, we pray for Oakland Drive, uh, Church of Christ. It's been a faithful witness in this community for many years. And I pray that it will continue to burn hot and bright uh, as it shines out the word of life uh, to those in need in this area. Uh, I lift up uh, Jordan, his leadership here. I pray for just an anointing of the Spirit upon his life. I pray that you would use him boldly uh, to witness and to preach and to train up God's people for works of service here. And I pray that uh, together... Uh, this church could have many, many bright years ahead, that the future would even be brighter than the past, and we could see uh, lost people who matter so much to you come into a relationship with you. And I do pray for the work in Michigan. Lord, I, uh, I know our economy has gone down here, but I, I, I believe our spiritual fervor can rise, and I believe that uh, there's a, an opportunity right now uh, to see just huge and, and bold moves of you. As we, as we walk into the middle of the mess of relationships, of people, people who are, are living and dying, uh, that we would uh, be faithful in our witness and we'd see great fruit come through your spirit. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Uh, amen.